Hey everyone, if you want to see the Modfather in action, well now you can. Here's some upcoming dates. Saturday the 21st July, I'll be at the Bradley Stoke Centre, Bristol, for my big time favourites, Pro Wrestling Chaos. Tickets available at ringsideworld.co.uk. And finally, on Saturday the 28th and 29th of July, I'll be at the Cambridge Corn Exchange, Cambridge, for WWE NXT UK. Tickets available this Friday, livenation.co.uk. So please be sure to come out and support the rest of the boys and girls involved in British wrestling, as each week we tear it apart. Welcome one, welcome all, to, uh, don't even know what the episode is, if I'm honest, it's in the 80s, but another episode of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. As always, I'm the undisputed king of the mods, the mod father, or maybe the pod father of professional wrestling, Flash Morgan Webster, or more important than that, for the next five minutes, to the hour, to hour and a half, or however long this wonderful conversation with the kings of the north. It's on location, lots of different locations doing this one. Conversation with the Kings of the North goes this week. I will be your host, or as I like to say it, facilitator for all these chats, discussions, gatherings. You know me, I absolutely bloody love that word, gatherings, with your wrestling favourites, or as I like to call them, my wrestling friends. If you're an avid listener, you will understand and know that the podcast comes to you free of charge most weeks, and we're able to do that in thanks, thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Pins and Knuckles merch.com definitely go check those out and uh, if you're an avid listener and you go to them and say Flash sent you or if you say promo code Flash then you will get 5 t-shirts free that's 5 t-shirts for every 25 t-shirts you order so again 25 t-shirts you order then they'll make it up to 30 50 t-shirts they'll make it up to 60 75 t-shirts they'll make it up to uh, what's that 90 and then if you order 100 they'll make it up to 120 you can't say fear in that I get nothing back for that at all they literally come to me and said I'm doing a wonderful word spread in a lot of business thanks to the podcast and they just want to give something back to the fans so yeah use the promo code flash and get yourself some free t-shirts they're wonderful for t-shirts they've got designers there if you need designers crew necks flags embroidery everything go them say I sent you get some free stuff pinsandknucklesmerch.com we're also, as well, able to bring it thanks to our sponsors, which is JJWrestlingCreations.com. Again, if you've seen me on the WWE Network, if you saw me in all my stuff, then that was made by JJ Wrestling Creations. And if you use, again, promo code FLASH, you will get free shipping. So, it, you know what's awful? When you order something and you think, oh, that's a nice little rounded price, and then you forgot, then you've got to buy shipping as well. But now you don't. Just say promo code FLASH, you got it to the end of the month. So definitely go check out jjwrestlingcreations.com. And they're not just good for wrestling stuff either. They're really good as well. If you're into your cosplay, if you're looking for costumes, they'll do anything. They really will. So definitely go check those two out. And big thanks to both of them as well for helping me keep this podcast on the air. Of course, if you are enjoying the show, please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend, do whatever you need to do to help me push more up those podcast lists because the Jim Small one was great, but I want to make sure that we get more and more numbers every single week and people's stories are heard. So please be sure to jump over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict or wherever, wherever you get your podcasts from and rate, subscribe, review. If you don't want to use either of the sponsors, maybe you're not looking for t-shirts, maybe you're not looking for wrestling wear, but you do want to help support the podcast 
please head over to morganwebster.pickartel.com. I've got the last run of the Scooter Mayhem t-shirts. I will, I will be dropping the Beatles. Uh, we all passed out to the L Submachine t-shirts after the US tour. And I'm also, spoiler here, also going to get a small run of those small vinyl dolls from WrestleCrate as well. I'm taking about 25 of them with me to the US. Uh, and I'll probably have around 25 left. So that's totally up to you guys then. Once they're gone, they're gone. I won't be having any more. So that's up to you to uh, get your hands on it. That'd be absolutely brilliant. But yeah, if, you, if you're up to doing any of that, please, please buy it. That'd be great. Support us. Fantastic. If you can't afford to do any of that, I do understand, then uh, maybe just give me a cheeky shout out on the social media. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm at Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. Or if you want to book me for any upcoming seminars, gigs, events, anything like that, I'm an independent wrestler. I'll do it all. I'm doing a meet and greet and interview with Mick Foley. How great is that? And that's thanks to they approached me. Thanks to the podcast. Again, email is flashmorganatlive.co.uk. Check it out, people. This week's guests are the kings of the north. I'm trying to rush through this, if I'm honest, uh, because the battery is dying on the recorder and I want to get this up tonight. So I don't want to let it... I don't want to have to hunt round or leave the house and try to get some more batteries. So I'm trying to get this done as quickly as possible. But yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant chat. We chat about the rise of Irish wrestling. We talk about uh, how they got into wrestling. We talk about the rise of OTT. We talk about Irish whip wrestling. We talk about it all. It's a, if, you're an, if you're a fan of Irish wrestling, if you don't know a lot about Irish wrestling, this one is for you. Um, it was recorded at Progress the other day. Great show. Uh, if you haven't seen the fallout yet, get ready for the on-demand. Uh, there's a big twist coming, people. If you have, you already know. And if you know, you know. You know. But uh, yeah, this was recorded at Progress. I did have a tack on the, on the Friday. I had a race Saturday off and then I Progress on the Sunday. But this does start off in the dressing room. It's interrupted once or twice by a few people. Eventually then, we are kind of chucked out of the building as they're trying to lock up. And I do finish it next to uh, next to the building, just outside. It's about 8, 9 o'clock in the night. Sun's still out. We thought, what the hell? We're, we're carrying on here. And it's an absolute great uh, podcast. It does get a little bit noisy last 10 minutes. Bear with. You can hear every single word of them. They're great guys. And as I said, if you don't know a lot about Kings of the North, if you're a big Kings of the North fan... This podcast is few. Either way, and if you're a big fan of Irish wrestling, again, this is few. If you know nothing about Irish wrestling, again, this is few. I learned a lot. You will too. And they've got great stories. And hey, you'll even find out what the red right hand is all about. Can't say more than that, really, can you? Nah. As I said, great podcast. I don't think I need to waffle on anymore, if I'm honest. Trying to get through this as quick as possible. So yeah. Let's just get down to it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy what is a wonderful conversation with the Kings of the North. Enjoy, people. It's an absolute corker. Okay, so I'm joined here today by the Kings of the North. How's it going, boys? You good? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. this, this has been another one. I've been saying it's a while recently, but there's another one we like, let's get it done. And then you guys have flown into progress and then out before we could do anything. Or yeah. I've flown into OTT and I've had to just leave or it just never seemed to, never seemed to happen. Yeah, busy. It's good to finally sit down. Uh, again, as I said before we started, how I usually like to do these is if you introduce yourself so everyone knows whose voice is speaking, then uh, it's easier for the fans to follow along. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Corvin, so I'm usually the louder one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bonesaw, I'm usually the, the quiet, angry one. <laughs> That's great. Um, so how I usually start, start from Home Strip then is, uh, what's your earliest memory of wrestling? When can you remember getting into, into wrestling and falling in love? Either one? I, I go first with that one because I'm older. Um, 
uh, my earliest memory was uh, it was a Saturday afternoon and I came into the parents' living room and it was Clive Myers. I, I can't remember who he was wrestling, but it was a ladder match for a golden record. Um, I can't remember who he was wrestling, but I remember seeing that and just amazed at what, what I was seeing on TV at the time. That's that's my very first wrestling memory. Um, golden record, what's that? Yeah, it was just a record that was painted gold hanging from the ring, above the ring. What was this, no world, world of Sport? World of Sport. I okay. Have, I have no idea what the concept behind the match was, but that that's what they were doing. They were climbing a wooden ladder to get this golden record down, and I'd never seen anything like it before. And you were just hooked? Just hooked. hooked by that. <laughs> you wanted that golden yeah, record? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I've just never seen anything like it. These two guys fighting to get this golden record. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. You make me just make me feel so much younger every time. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, Warrior Hogan, Mania Six. That was it. My first one. Uh, my dad had bought it on tape or something, um, and just, like, he got it for us for a birthday or Christmas, and just sat down and watched it with him. And just loved it. Dad into wrestling. That dad, he was into it a little bit, like yeah. And then, uh, but he just got the. It was Warrior Hogan. Uh, that was it. That's all I remember. It's just Warrior and Hogan going mental like this. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's what I want to do. Yeah, it's great. Your parents? No, um, my parents, my dad especially, was very much. This is fake. Um, <laughs> memory, I suppose, where he was, he was adamant that this is all fake. Um, was Ric Flair versus Savage, and uh, Flair um, was bust open. Oh, that that's fake blood. He's gone under the ring. And he's put that on his head. But knowing, knowing what you know now, you know it's not fake. It's <laughs> just like, oh. but that was always the argument. That's yeah. fake. It's all fake. But I was always told red sauce. Yeah. Red sauce. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. ketchup. That's ketchup. what ketchup. that is. That, that, yeah, look, he's stamping the ring when he hits him. Yeah, yeah. yeah still now to this day. They still, my mum still rips the piss completely. Like, has no interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, this is my ignorance to Irish history. So, which part of you were from the north, right? Yes, that's correct. So, again, um, until I came over for Ulster and stuff like that, I knew very little about Irish history. So, was there, when you were growing up, what was it like? Was it, <laughs> well, I guess, again, yeah. different age gaps, so I guess. Yeah, um, a little there was an age gap. We both grew up within the real, sort of, the bad times of the Troubles in Belfast. And so, the most, to me, anyway, the most ironic name for mass murder, the Troubles, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, we both came up through it, and we both got our own our own sort of stories of actually experiences with living through some quite grim times in, in Belfast during the the eighties and nineties. Um, yeah, I, I um yeah I lived in like one of the worst possible places you can live in Belfast. I lived in a place called the Village, and the Village is like a two minute walk from like the other side. So there's Protestants and die hard like sectarianism on this side and then there's Catholics with diehard sectarianism on this side and there's Jeez. literally just a road that separates them and um, it was it was horrible like when I was like a lot of times when I was growing up it was really bad um, one side of my family were are very much the you know the the I mean go with pride to be Protestant in the nicest way to, is yeah. the nicest way to put it so they're very you know Protestant, our way. Anti, yeah, our way, anti-Catholic, and like I'm not part of that. I don't see that side of my family. I stay far away from it. Um, it cost my dad his life, so I just stay completely away oh, from really? it. Oh, yeah, I stay completely away from it, and I keep my kid completely away from it. And um, you know, it's it was a real, real grim time for us growing up. Like. Yeah. 
And did you ever, I don't want to go into it, did you become a bit um, morbid, but do you ever see anything bad, like, first yeah. hand? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Far too much. <laughs> yeah, um, I was working in a nightclub, um, and one of the doormen was actually murdered, uh, shot dead, uh, drive-by, um, outside the nightclub. I was literally had just stepped inside the door when it happened, so... Um, I, I've been through that, and uh, so that could have that could have been could have been me. Yeah, um, numerous times been like as anybody who, who sort of uh, grew up in that generation and in, in that in that era, um, you'd be out in, in Belfast City Centre shopping, and invariably there would be a bomb scare. Um, often there would actually be a bomb; it wasn't a hoax, and you know you're minutes from being being murdered, yeah. really. The, um, I mean, the worst for me, like the the I was at. Well, we were at a family friend's house, um, and they had shot my dad dead outside it. So, so how old are you when you're four? Okay. Yeah, so they shot him dead outside it, and we were told it was fireworks because we were kids. But the other words, it's just fireworks until the um, until the police came. You know, that was one and. Like multiple others, you know, uh, we've you know had masked men break into the house and held at gunpoint and bullet through the window. One of my houses was actually burnt out. You know, uh, went to school one day and was told I wasn't allowed to go into the school and had to move house like that morning. So real, real, like at, at that point, like when I was really young, it was it was very much, you know, straight. But, it, straight but it's, it. I mean, it's crazy how like in schools or. In this country, you talk like you talk about Henry VIII from the Tudors, and it's like, but none of that's like it's hundreds of years ago. What yeah. what will that even? That's not even valuable um, for me. The, like the worst part about that is that in, in Northern Ireland, the kids growing up coming through school are still taught that in a country where it's had its own, it's supposed to technically civil war, but they still learn history about the rest of the world, and you barely touch on the history of your own country, um, and kids are very much blinkered and they're raised by their, obviously their parents but and only get their views and they don't get views of what, what's, what's actually happened they're, they're told their parents experience of what has happened and, and, and everyone's everyone's going to be different you yeah. know and the best thing now is that with our generation and the generation after that and the generation after that and it's just getting more and more that they were always a minority you know, these kind of people have always been a minority, but now they're even more and more of a minority. So, you know, it's hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully in the future, you know, it'll just be, they won't be there. Mm-hmm. Every July, there'll be crap, because there's always crap in Belfast in July. And there's always crap in, in, you know, down in Derry and London Derry in July. There's always going to be that, I think. Um, but the the more years pass the more those people just don't exist anymore. And, yeah. you know, it'll be great when they just don't exist at all, you know. So, uh, when did you guys actually get involved with wrestling then? Um, I think... Here's your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's coming on uh, close to 18 years now I've been involved. Um, uh, one of my friends from school, he actually uh, used to travel over to the Hammerloft camps. Um, in Kent and like for week long camps and stuff and he that's the other member of the Kings of the North Duncan Sorderly um, so he was trained by Andre Baker and Johnny Moss and all those guys going back to say 18 years ago when, uh, when Paul Tracy and Fergal Devitt were there um, and I just 
he was telling me all about this, but then uh, when we left school, I went to university, and he was a year below me, so he was still in school, and I didn't really see him. Um, and uh, he uh, it just happened to go to, it was a kickboxing show, of all things, and all of a sudden, intermission, there was a wrestling match. Oh, and I said, oh, what's going on here? And it was the guy I went, and it was Duncan. <laughs> uh, so we were chatting to him afterwards, and uh, he started to, to train some guys up, um, and that, that's how I got into it then. So I, he, he was sort of my first trainer, and then I uh, branched kickboxing. out. Kickboxing? Yeah, it was a kickboxing show, and they put on a wrestling match. That's on. mental, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so it was bumping in the boxing ring. Oh my god. Effectively. Um, so got into it that way, and then I started traveling down to um, NWA Ireland, which was basically the Irish equivalent of Hammerlock, and training with Fergal and Paul and, and those guys down there. Um, and so I've been, been around quite a while, but I've just. I don't know, I don't know what happened, I never got the breaks. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it was my own fault really, because I didn't take opportunities when I was given them. And, uh, but even like Fergal's, we got, he had to, like, I mean Paul, they had to leave Ireland yeah. to make yeah. names for themselves. Yeah, that's it. Like there wasn't a that's scene, it. again, yeah. there wasn't no. a scene in Britain really until like, what, what six years ago? Yeah. Seven years ago? Mm-hmm. You guys even later after that. So what about yeah. you then, Coven? Man, I was living in Spain, <laughs> and I just drank pretty much like every day. And it was it was it was get up work drink. What did you do? Spend work drink work as a barman. That was it. Bog standard, you know. Go to Spain. In the sunshine. Don't do anything other than you know drink and not see the sun. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. And um, I got Quincy. It's like a really bad throat infection. It's like it's tonsillitis. Yeah, yeah. So I almost I I almost died in my sleep, and with Quincy, and I kind of went. Yeah, this is this is this is bad. You know, was it the alcohol that caused? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, like dirty bottles and that kind of stuff. You know, spins. Couldn't help. You know, yeah. there's, there's there's things you can't help when you work in bars over there. You, if you've worked in a bar in Spain, you'll know. Um, and yeah, and I think I think it was like malnutrition as well and all of that kind of stuff. I was like nine stone, maybe max, like so. Jeez. It was really bad. Just an idiot. You know, you're an idiot. And um, I was just watching. It was man, the Jeff Hardy. Desire the Our Lady Peace, the Jeff Hardy yeah. Desire thing, and like it was stricken the disturb. I can't remember what pay per view it is now, but it was coming on, and we had like Sky Sports, and like holy shit, that's awesome. And I just randomly googled, you know, pro wrestling Belfast, you know, and up comes his mug, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up comes his mug, and like Duncan Disorderly, and then you know, Joe Cabray, and it was you know, all these guys, and they were jacked up and they looked great. And I was like, Holy shit, there's wrestling in Belfast! So, like, literally, just on the phone with my granny, like, Here, can I come and live with you for a bit? I think I might die if I stay here, kind of thing. And she she was very nice to let me come and live See? with her. And you know, straight there, straight to this training school, and I show up, and I'm like, Man, all these big guys, time to wrestle, where's the ring? Rah! And you know, it was just like a little scout centre with a shitload of mats and I've never been so disappointed in oh, my entire I've life been, I've, been, I've been, never yeah. never so disappointed yeah. in my entire yeah. life and like when I got there um, Tucker was there and Tucker's like three years younger than me so when I got there it was like 12 years ago I was 19 he was 16 so like imagine how small this kid yeah. was and, like, and his mate and I'm like Where, where's the fucking wrestlers <laughs> you know where's all these big guys and thankfully, the guys did walk in in the end. Like, um, Bonesaw came in, Duncan came in, and sensational Sean Scott. And I was like, Sean Scott, living legend, love that lad. And I've just been there ever since. I literally, I showed up every week, set up the ring every week, and it's a 20-foot 
you bumped in it. It's a twenty foot piece of crap ring. It's, <laughs> it's the same ring. Yeah. It's you know, it, and it's such but, a it's yeah. so heartbreaking to build it by yourself. I think you were lucky, <laughs> but because you got the new canvas. Yeah, the other canvas that they had been using for like since I owned the ring um, and then sold it on to Pro Wrestling Ulster. Uh, that canvas was the original that ring was the original uh, WCW ring from when they toured oh really yeah, yeah. we, we travelled the wheels <laughs> to buy it I actually think it was bought off Oreg Williams maybe um, I never met Oreg unfortunately yeah I worked for him a few times like, he was a great guy he was a great guy but uh, that canvas was like fuck 14 years old and had oh never my God. been washed so oh. I think you maybe does that but look it was yeah cause it was but just, it, it, it's a big ring you know it's 20 it's like 20 by 20 and like you try and set it up by yourself it's, it's a fucking nightmare yeah. you know um but that was that was my that was training every week you know in one 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 day on a sunday and like i think i lasted maybe five six months of just doing that and then started going down to nwa ireland and training with paul and training with fergal when he was there and um adam abs and those boys and just you know, it's I just love wrestling, so it didn't matter what happened. What was, the, what was the other school down there at the time too? CJ Summers. Um, oh yeah, CPW. CPW. Yeah, Celtic Pro, Pro. Yeah, and I wrecked like, Yeah, so I think I, I weighed nine stone soaking wet. I think I've only been wrestling like five months, and he gave me a match. Um, five months. Yeah, five months. It was only a rumble or something. It wasn't anything spectacular, but in truth, that's good. Some people argued like a month, and they've had like singles yeah, matches. Yeah, I guess yeah. so, like five months. Yeah, and I was like, "Can I please be in the rumble?" He's like, "Yeah," and then I showed up like just dressed like Raven. And <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, like just rather like sleeveless uh, band t-shirt, ripped with, jeans, the, the whole thing. Weightlifting. I look like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was just one of those things, and I, I just loved it, and I never stopped. Like yeah. absolutely, just keep on going. So was it just a matter then of like you guys just doing the rounds in Ireland or? Yeah, um, I suppose it, it must be must be eleven years now. Um, Wrestling.ie started up, which is a guy who uh, trained with us. But then he he decided he needed more training himself, and he started coming over. And he was training with Mark Sloan. He was in when Mark Sloan had like the Elite Eight or whatever it was. It was just Joel Redman. So Haskins, yeah, yeah those guys. Um, so he was the crazy Irish man, Stephen Muldoon, and he was over flying himself over every weekend to to work uh, or to train with Mark Sloan. Um, but then he, he, he came back um, to Ireland and decided that he didn't actually want to wrestle. He never wanted to wrestle. He just wanted to promote. <laughs> So he started running shows and he started running um, sort of two a weekend and then gradually built up there was times where we were actually doing pretty much every weekend yeah, every weekend it was like three shows or, um, or four sometimes four shows a weekend but you were guaranteed to have uh, on those shows depending on what it was because he did a keen ring format that uh, generally I would have had three matches every day um, in the, the final um, but that was just constant then um, so that that period sort of of about yeah that was years. yeah that was that was a good boom uh, up until that yeah. point it would have been yeah. maybe if you're lucky once a month twice a month if you're really lucky yeah. um, well you said you were coming over for like Oreg and stuff like that so no I was actually in Oreg toured Ireland I worked for, for okay um, uh, I've came over a few times for um, power trip wrestling. I'm sure there's a lot of people who've heard that name, Guy Petey, Petey Staniforth. Oh yeah, I, um, I work for him. <laughs> I think everybody probably has at some point. Um, so I worked for him for a few shows and did a few other things, about John Fremont and stuff, but nothing nothing ever really came of it. Um, and just sort of really trying to, trying to get reps, but having nowhere to get reps really. Because um, it was at university and 
just had to commit to that and um, a four year degree and couldn't get couldn't devote time but I really should have devoted time back then <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. For until wrestling.ae there was really nothing yeah. for us and even when wrestling.ae started like I wasn't used at all so it got to the point where I would me and a couple of mates all got in touch with the promoter I said look can we just come down can we do security like we'll do you know whatever you need us to do we'll, we'll do ring crew and that kind of stuff and um, like we were spending money like every weekend and driving these random places in Ireland and um, you know setting the ring up taking the ring down doing security doing everything for no money you know and just I just it was just constant like just keep on going and keep on going and yeah. keep on going and just keep on just love keep, it. yeah keep yeah. on plowing through you know one I got to sit and you know watch a wrestling show every day which is class you know what I mean I'm a wrestling fan I love wrestling That I got to sit and watch it I mean I was watching really good lads I was watching like like Bonesaw and Joe Cabrera and Duncan the Sorderly and Paul Tracy and then there was Joe Redman and Chris Andrews and Andy Boy Simmons and yeah. those kind of lads were all coming over so I was getting to learn a good bit and then it paid off in the end like the guys had said look the boys train, they're always here, they're helping out, you know, let them do some matches, give them some stuff, and then after a while, I was just on every single show, doing every single match, you know, thankfully not kicking the rings, um, but usually like double, triple duty. You weren't nine stone at this point. No, I wasn't nine stone at this point, <laughs> either, yeah, so I put on some weight by then, actually had a gimmick and that kind of stuff, and it, that helped a good bit, and uh, it just went from there, so with wrestling.ie, and then with, you know, pro wrestling Ulster at the time, um, NLW at the time. That was NLW as the precursor to OTT. Yeah, there was there was some good shows in the American Rampage tours. Um, had a lot of Americans and stuff on them. So Joe was, did those, right? Yeah, yeah. Joe done those as well. So in the end, it just it just started to get that massive, massive build, um, and then OTT came along. And what you what, so my first experience with Irish wrestling, of course, was Irish whip wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did yeah. you ever? Yeah, I worked for Irish whip. I trained there as well for a while too, but. Um, I used, yes. to get, I used to get up every morning and I used to, so the wrestling channel was big yeah. over here, I used to get up uh, probably about 7 o'clock and it would start at 7, yeah. I think it was 7 and I'd start at 7 and the first thing I would be Irish wrestling, yeah. every morning I would watch Irish wrestling, Yeah, every morning. Irish with Ballymun Bruiser and Kegel Ward and all those guys. Vic Viper. Yeah. 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 So very few, I don't think any of those guys are actually Not still wrestling on. anymore, no. Um, I think Bruiser does every now and again. Yeah. Lovell picked up injuries. Yeah, like Red Vinny. Do you remember Red Vinny? Yeah, I remember Red Vinny. He broke his foot, I think, in uh, in France somewhere. Mans is in the best shape of everybody. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Guy who should still be working and he's not. Um, too stubborn, probably too stubborn to uh, work for um, Yeah, worked for Irish work for a while. Then worked with, like Manson and, and Bruiser and then Mantrake and stuff. Some of the younger guys that were coming through. And, um, I was around about the time that was thinking. I can't even remember well it was water for Cork somewhere da- somewhere down deep south of Ireland anyway when the ring van had broke down and I think it was like Raven and Nigel McGuinness yeah and we heard about that a whole load, of, whole load of big names on the show and I had to cancel the show and had to refund everybody Blimey. Um, yeah. just couldn't get the ring to the venue and that was pretty much that was the end of the sort of big boom for Irish work at the time just lost everything on that show um, and then there's sort of festivals yeah. and things like that. That was really. Um, I'm sure people will, will end up coming back and contradicting that, but that's yeah. my understanding of yeah. what happened at the time. And that's when I came over. <laughs> there was nothing yeah, there. there was no I missed that trip. trip. I didn't get that trip. No. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that was quite a quite a big hit for 
Irish wrestling at the time that, that was going. Um, she really we only left us at the time. Then there was, there was Ulster Championship Wrestling, which later became Pro Wrestling Ulster. Um, and you had NWA Ireland, which is now Fight Factory. Um, and then you had NLW, and then you had Celtic Pro Wrestling as well. And uh, she so had like four promotions that you could work for, but you only ever really ran sort of, as I say, you maybe got one time or two shows in a month. Mostly it was once a month, and yeah, got, sort yeah. of alternated around and stuff. And then say worked for Ronnie Williams in, in between times when he was touring and stuff. And um, it was just it was just very difficult for because Irish people are tight. Yeah. More than Irish people are the uh, worst. The worst but, uh, they're the worst. So <laughs> you can imagine that all these parents saying, "Ah, fifth, don't go and see that." But then they'll fork out whatever they go and see the big events and the big arenas. So I think that was where wrestling thought I made the right move. They went into yeah. theaters rather than trying to do community centers and things like that. Yeah. So they made it more of a up class, up class, yeah. attractive to parents. Some of the venues were beautiful, and some of the yeah. there's pictures online of some of these venues, and they're just stunning. And really? you're like, wow, we're wrestling here. <laughs> well, I think that's crazy. How they kind of went there, but then like the big boom, of course, would become from OTT. Which just went to these dark, yeah. dingy, yeah. proper punk rock, yeah. hardcore. The gigs. first time I seen the Tivoli was the first show. Yeah. It was the first OTT show. I didn't even know I was on OTT. Um, I didn't know OTT was a thing. And then it came up on Facebook, over the top wrestling debuts Ireland. That I was like, oh man, I got to find out who's running this. I got to be on this. And it was like roster Damien Corbin. I was like, all right, <laughs> am I on this? Yeah. Like going through my emails and shit. Remember? And then, uh, then it was Joe emailing me, like, can you do this? Blah, blah, blah. But he yeah. hadn't told you what it was. Yeah, he hadn't told me what it was. I was like, all right, cool. He just thought it was like uh, MLW. Yeah, 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 this is the, you know, so boom, down to the Tivoli Theatre, walked in. Oh, what, what the man. fuck is this? <laughs> you know what you do? You kind of, like, if, if you've ever been in the Tivoli when, when the ring's yeah. not there, oh. so when the ring's not set up and the chairs aren't set out, and back then it had a carpet as yeah, well, I think, yeah. And like we, you, you just kind of walked in, and it was it was just an stuck, empty, just dark, black room, and you stuck to the floor. <laughs> and yeah, I just, just walked in and went, rim. "We're doing a fucking wrestling show here! Holy yeah. shit!" And then now all credit to to Joe and and you know the guys and Jade. Um, Jade doesn't get enough credit for some of the stuff she does with the setup and that kind of stuff there with um like the, the decorations and the graphics and that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, she's doing a lot of good work. She's the young vets t-shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, she's she's absolutely brilliant. But uh, then. Like we done the first OTT show, I walked out in the over 18s crowd as a vampire of all fucking yeah. things. Like you know, I forgot about you being a yeah, vampire. Yeah, I was a vampire. Oh, that was my big gimmick. That was my my like, Twilight. Where did that come from? Just Twilight. Twilight was huge. Um, that was my Twilight. Was, yeah, Twilight was huge, and uh, you know, I'm I'm mad into like covering the Lost Boys tattoos yeah. and shit. So I was mad into it. And I was like, you know what? I can do a vampire gimmick. And like uh, Joe had, you know, he was leaving for um, for FCW. So, so, it was, so, so, so yeah. he ran OTT, and then he was going to leave. No, he was leaving for FCW at the time of um, when I came up with the vampire gimmick. Oh, because he was he was, he was yeah. done the American Rampage. Yeah. Yeah. So he was doing like the Omen gimmick, like this dark evil yeah. character, um, and he was leaving. So there was no like dark evil character for the like, for the kids shows. And I went, Yo, I'll be a vampire. And then when OTT came out, I was like, I'm still a vampire. Um, I'd done the first match um, with Sean Guinness and it was a great match but it was just one of those where I was like yeah I can't be a fucking vampire <laughs> I can't do it so they the, don't believe yeah, this so the next yeah, yeah. it was fine because Tiny Iron stopped it for you anyway yeah he stopped it for me anyway but um, the next show he's the biggest human I've ever seen he's the biggest human I've ever seen he scoop slammed me 
one time and like my jaw slammed shut and like I broke my gimmicks like my vampire teeth and stuff and they're so fucking expensive and I was like I'm not buying them again <laughs> you know that was vampire. that weird I'm not buying them again anyway but uh, like it was Joe had booked me versus him in the title match for the main event for the second OTT show and I was backstage and I was like yeah, I, I can't walk out here as a fucking vampire. You know what I mean? I can't walk out here and fight for the NLW title. You know, it's sold out. It's over 18s. The place is fucking bouncing. And I'm going to walk out and, and spit blood and, mm. you know, do the Lost Boys soundtrack. Nah. Oh. So they, I just dropped it all then. That was it. It just went... From there, I was just Damien Corvin, Northern Irish asshole. <laughs> um, it just... You just spiral from there. Yeah, because uh, and at that point then we were already teaming in in Northern Ireland for Pro Wrestling Ulster. Oh, this, yeah. uh, this is sort of before we became the Kings <laughs> of the North. Where we were wrestling as the Murder, um, which is basically the Kings of the North, but just with a different name. Yeah, um, it was we're subs of Anarchy fans. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> the two of us and then Duncan he joined in then as well. So it was the trio. So I think it was maybe the fourth OTT show, possibly the fourth. Yeah, the f- they needed. They, they needed opponents for the wards. That yeah, was it. they decided yeah. that we're already doing the the thing in in PWU, so we'll bring you in as a, a faction um, down here. And I think, in all honesty, at the time it was just a, a thrown together thing. It was, yeah. It was the wards of the big southern hills, and we just need three bad yeah. guys to fight these big southern or faces. They were faces. They were faces. These big, the these, these big yeah. Irish lads. You know, they're the faces. We need three bad guys to fight them. Put the Belfast lads together, kind of thing. Put them in, um, um, which is just—it's just a story all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it worked so well. It did, uh, and I think we were—we took something that really the us at the time. Anyway, was, we didn't think there was much future for it, but yeah. we took it and we, we turned it into what what we are now and what we've done with it. But um, Joe hated the name too. Yeah, he hated the name. Yeah, no, <laughs> Kings yeah. of the North. The Kings yeah. of the North. Yeah, yeah, well. The original name for it um, was the Ulster Coalition. Yeah. And we just thought, that can't go out that. That sounds so like partisan. Par- yeah. That's awful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. can't cut through that because we all have real jobs and stuff. Yeah. We can't have our, our pictures coming up with that underneath it. Just, no. It was like a running piss take, you know, with us because we, like, again, TV, Game of Thrones fans, you know? Yeah. And we were in the car and every time we were driving the, like, the wrestling.a shows, there was one car from the north and then there was the cars from the south mm-hmm. and we would jump in the car and be like, right, Kings of the North! And then just drive, pissed it, just drive down, you know? But, but when it gets over with the boys though, it but gets yeah, over with the crowd. It was, just, it was just for fun and then Joe was like, come up with something better than Ulster Coalition and we were like, Kings, Kings of the North. north. And he's so like, what started as a joke? Yeah, became, started as a joke, just kind of became the whole thing. Yeah. Well, my favourite thing is you come up with the with the red right hand and stuff like yeah. that. But there's loads of, I think there's loads of fans who, again, not knowing their history. Because I remember, I think again, I think it was when I was up at Pro Wrestling so somebody was like, they were like explained it to me yeah. and I was like that's genius because yeah. again I actually don't think it was them I think it might be my um, thinking about my girlfriend's father I think I I think they saw something you and he said is it over in Ireland you went oh he's got the red right hand and he got it straight away because yeah. he was in the RAF and stuff and yeah. he'd gone over and done yeah. stuff yeah. in it so he got it so do you want to explain that to anyone yeah who- oh. <laughs> this, this can be a bit of contention for some people um, they, a lot of people view it as a paramilitary symbol to do with the UVF and UDN and things like that. The, yeah. the sort of the Protestant um, Red Army um, Commando, yeah, the biggest organisations. Um, but ultimately, that's not why we do it. Um, we we do it knowing that it could be taken that way, but we never explain it, so that leaves people to make their own mind yeah. up as to what it is. But it can lead to problems because some people just really don't like it. 
uh, and just assume that's what it is and that's all it is. But the real sort of the background to it goes back to the um, the kings of Ireland. Um, they had a boat race to um, try and claim Ulster. It was, um, and I think Owen O'Neill. Uh, he was losing it, and he uh, decided that. The, the, whoever touched the shore first was able to claim the, the lands so he severed his, his hand and threw it and touched the shore first so he claimed, claimed the land um, so that's kind of where we come from with it, it's more to do with the, the sacrifice we're willing to do it's the, the sort of cultural analogy rather than the paramilitary thing but everybody just latches yeah. to the paramilitary you know, see that's why I hear it's simple yeah it's the, it's, the, it's the willingness to do anything, anything. You know yeah. what I mean? For, the, the, for, yeah. for Northern Ireland, yeah. yeah, I think it's brilliant. The relentless pursuit of what you want—that's that is the whole the whole red hand gimmick. I mean, you even see in the new jackets, it has relentless across the back and stuff like that, and that's always the push. It's Northern Ireland. We 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 never at any point have gone, you know, we, boo, no we, no Catholics. Yeah. yeah, we we don't do that. It's not. You don't need to. Because it's not no. the gimmick. It's the gimmick is we are from Northern Ireland, all of Northern Ireland, and we, you know, we. It, it's on the flag. It's, it's on, on the flag, and I mean, for me, I'm very proud to be from Belfast. You know, I love where I'm from. I love the fact that it's grown from you know this war torn, you know, horrible place into what it is now. It's a fantastic place to live now. I love it now. You know, I bring my kid up there, and you know, she loves it. She has, you know, and there's like, there's so many different cultures, and there's so much great that you can get from the place so when we come over here to progress or we go to disco in edinburgh or tnt in liverpool or wherever brings us over we're coming over representing northern ireland all of northern ireland you know and we know a part of northern ireland don't see themselves as northern irish they see irish they have the tricolor and they're more you know that's that's, that's how they see things you know and everyone can you know identify how they want to identify yeah but for us you know, we're from Belfast, we're from Northern Ireland and we, you know, we represent Northern Ireland wherever we go, mm-hmm. but we don't represent the, the bar- you know, the, the paramilitary no, side of things, we the, don't represent uh, the sectarian side of things, that's not what they get, that's not what we do. Yeah, like what I was saying about, people will draw their own conclusions, um, say paramilitaries use it, but Gaelic, yeah, Gaelic football Gaelic teams, football teams, teams it. use it, Tyrone, badge, Tyrone. Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they say that it just means one thing and it's yeah. very short-sighted from some people but yeah. again people will form their own opinions and that's what we try to do allow people to form their own opinions yeah. so like uh, for us in Belfast which is it could have <laughs> we we never <laughs> wanted to do it in Belfast yeah, we, did we didn't want to do it in Belfast, Belfast because we knew it could be very contentious but um, when we travelled down to Dublin we, we knew for well what could possibly happen what it would create that um, impression of we're the big boys from Belfast coming down. We're well, we're Protestant. You're Catholic. We hate you. You hate us. And built the heat that way when we initially started at OTT. Um, uh, but it didn't come into play until um, uh, was it War Machine match the first time. No, I mean the first the first thing we ever done was um was the even better than better than our best match was the was against the the gymnasties. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, but it was built. It was built. You know the team from Dublin yeah. versus the team from Belfast. That was the build. You yeah. know, and it was very much. And we done a, we like we were cutting their hair and beating them, and yeah. we had like a cool barber shop t-shirt made. It's it's so cool. We don't sell it anymore. You missed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh, but then we done when we done the entrance. We done the entrance with um, a snare drum and with flags. You know, with 
Ulster flags and with you know a Union Jack and with the Northern Ireland flag. And again, it wasn't the uh, yeah we're Protestant. It was a we're Northern Ireland Here's and we culture. are the Irish Tag Team Champions. This is you know yeah. all of Ireland. We're the Irish Tag Team Champions. This is us. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> it could have went very badly. I imagine it. I imagine it could have went very badly. Um, luckily, the OTT fans aren't that type of fan yeah. you know, they're not, they're not going to do anything like that we didn't know that at the time though you know we were we were fully expecting you know right. if something was going to happen I was ready you know, we were ready for it but it never happened it was Joe, uh, Joe Coffey's yeah Joe Coffey you know, he saw what we he, like, he laughed he, like, he thought it was hilarious right. he popped you know I mean and you know he's uh, you know he's from you know the, the Celtic side of Scotland you know and it was, it was just you know and so it's it got across the point If you're a wrestler and you're looking for the best place to get your gear made, then look no further than JJWrestlingCreations.com. If you saw me in the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament, then you would see my lovely new, lovely new wrestling tights, which match perfectly with my uh, blazer. And they were done, of course, by JJWrestlingCreations.com. Best thing yet, if you contact them today and you quote Flash, you'll get free shipping. Their work is Second to none. They've done work for myself, Mustache Mountain, Joe Coffey, Chuck Mambo, Pastor William Eva, and so, so much more. So if you're a wrestler looking for the best place to get your wrestling gear done this side of the pond, then head over to jjwrestlingcreations.com. And remember, use the code FLASH for free shipping. Thanks, JJ Wrestling Creations. You're tearing it apart. So, do you feel like OTT kind of really just took off straight away? Is that how you just... Do you feel it had that, that buzz or can you remember a moment where you yeah. were like, oh, this is... Because again, you, you both had seen kind of rises and falls of either yeah. uh, Irish wrestling and... Yeah. I honestly, the first show, I think I knew from the first show, and the first show we had a... We yeah. had a what year was card. it? So it was four years four ago. Years, it was October, yeah. what, 2014. And the boom had already started here as well. Yeah, yeah the yeah, boom yeah. was already here. Um, you know, there was, there was people doing great things over here. But Ireland, again, was, was stuck. You know, it was back in the in the Hulk Hogan days for, for Lovner. Yeah, and... Um, it was just it was I mean apart from the wrestling that issues which are which are supposed to be that way they are supposed to be the family entertainment they're not as you know edgy. poison rana with you know middle fingers and edgy stuff they're not going to do that but like, the other wrestling in Ireland had also got that stale hooky I'll do a stunner you do a rock bottom feeling got ya. you know and it just was it was just no identity no identity and it wasn't enjoyable you know it, it became a force of habit and sometimes you were turning up and going man I could not do this to be fair and just go home it, it'd be fine someone else will wrestle you know yeah. and if I have you know if, if I have that if you know me and I have that yeah you're very excitable yeah, yeah we I, know. I, I, I love you know, <laughs> understatement yeah, understatement but um, with OTT uh, just it was just fantastic I mean we had um, Pete with Ryan um, with oh, Mark yeah. Andrews with like we had Chris Brooks, well. Chris Brooks was there for one of the early shows as well so we had some just fantastic lads that come over from England um, and then with mixing with the Irish guys and it just straight away it had an identity 
and you know, I mean, people kind of some people go over it things brilliant, and it's just every swear word they can think of. Mm-hmm. Whereas it just didn't have that; it just had straight away. It was just go, and it was that. And then we have Paul Tracy, you know, straight away, and he is doing the, you know, the very poncy Hulk Hogan lord of the manor. I'm a better wrestler than you. I don't do this disgusting thing. You know, where's your proper wrestling gear? Kind of, and it was. It just had everything I think that you need. For, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you would love OTT. Yeah, that, that was the goal. I think for Joe anyway, always from the start was to make it attractive to people who weren't wrestling fans to sort of treat it like a night out. Um, in, in Dublin and I think that, that the initial wave the, the sort of the main bulk of the crowd are regulars now but some of them didn't get into it until maybe a year in the OTT yeah. the, before they actually heard about it and found out what it was before it sort of built this sort of cult following um, and it was, was literally just sort of people coming for a night out to the Tivoli and there was wrestling on at it and it was getting them in that way um, but certainly I would say for me, I was there. I didn't wrestle in the first OTT show. Um, I was there in the crowd, um, and it was just completely different from anything else I had seen at that point. And knew that if they were able to keep going with it, that it was going to develop into something massive. Um, they wrestled in the second show then, and the crowd was bigger. And then the third show, the crowd was bigger again. The next show, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. So, and what we got, and then we ended up like six hundred and eighty people at yeah. one of the shows, yeah. and it was just packed. And then they had to put a cap on there. Then, then we had to start, yeah. Then start putting a cap <laughs> on the audience. You could see, and that was, you know, that was kind of like a whoa. Well, well, we've had that. We we're having to tell people yeah. no. We're having to, we have to send people home. This does not happen yeah. in Ireland. We've never had this problem before. The only the only other time I can remember that happening was. Uh, one of the NLW shows it was actually sorry the first NLW show which was like 12 years ago now um, and again that was Joe ran the NLW and it was in the, the, the ringside club where they do OTT contenders now but that was like the first time it was used was by OT, or NLW um, like 12 years ago and I think they were told the capacity was 350 and they had to turn away 150 people that night oh, in there. Um, because again that was Dublin getting something completely different back then you know you will find it when it comes to like it, the one thing for Irish fans and it, you can you credit, it doesn't matter what it is it can be Gaelic it can be football it can be wrestling boxing MMA tennis I'm pretty confident if someone was just skipping and they were Irish they would go to no it. I think it's exactly yeah, they, yeah, yeah, and exactly. yeah they just they just support, support. you know and wrong, if you give them something to come back to they're going to keep on coming back you know, and if it's not good, they'll tell you it's not good, which is always great. But when it comes to the fans in Dublin, you know, I mean, they will support you till you know till they're blue in the face. You know, I mean, I think that's another reason why Connage became such a mega star so yeah. quickly. It wasn't just the fact that he could talk talk, but he had as soon as he was able to to talk talk and walk yeah. walk, this whole nation just yeah. was behind him. Thousands of people travel. Yeah, forty-eight percent of tickets or something to one of the fights in Las Vegas were to Irish people. Mental, which is crazy. You got a mental. Absolutely crazy. Like they're, they're they and they, especially with OTT. I mean, the ward section yeah. was one of the first things. And I feel they actually work for OTT now. They're like they're Back that. They they work back years. Like um, Ango and Dom, the commentary team. They were originally. They were originally fans. Sat in the front row. Um, both extensive you know uh, qualifications to be actually in the commentary booth in the first place so it's not just like oh here there's two fans but um, they were there um, Claire our medic 
she was one of the ward section um, but uh, she's a fully qualified medic and yeah. she's there every show you know so now she works for OTT um, her husband Al was also there um, he now works with Ring Crew and does a lot of yeah. other stuff I and it's just and it's, yeah it's crazy the amount just the amount of people that especially in Dublin it was just nuts for OTT like I remember as well as like it's just the way it was being presented is like the the videos were better yeah. and just like it was this it was over 18 wrestling I feel like progress had it it was punk rock pro wrestling but you guys kind of the, I don't think progress ever latched onto the the fact that it was an over 18s product and they pushed that for example like Martina is a very over 18 yeah. product she of course she's over the years now over the last couple of years she's like Brought down so she will yeah. work on family shows, but the lads from the flats yeah. and stuff like that. All I can remember just yeah. seeing that for the first time and being like, "Whoa, this is a place I really want to work." Yeah, the, cook, like, the cooking like, spot. Yeah, <laughs> all, all that, but like the stuff like my ignorance as well. Because I remember when I came, I remember Katie like, uh, she was like, "I want a baby face, baby face match." You and Jordan, okay, cool. I came there, got the Union Jack jacket, and I think my one of you guys went, "You can't wear that." Yeah. And I was like, "What?" And you were like, "No, you can't, you can't wear that." Yeah. And I think that was a big, a big no-no on me because I again, instead of me coming out there and being my character. I just came up in these in these tights, and I think everyone's been like, "Who's he?" Whereas if I'd add the whole shtick, was able to come out, people would have gravitated to it. Yeah. And I, was, I think that was the first time Ireland was the first time I went, "Right, so maybe I do need gear. Yeah. It isn't just Indian <laughs> Jack stuff." Yeah. Like, can you, yeah. anyway, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it was like, at the time that it was just like when you come over, there was the height of yeah, of the of the heat, and then Charlie and yeah. T Bone were there as well, yeah. and they were doing like yeah. the English thing, and it was just. Mental. Hindsight, I should just gone to Joe. I've got this. I'm going to be heel. If you were English, you were getting booed at that time. Like, yeah, hindsight, a heel would have been great. Should have. Um, yeah. But yeah, the videos and stuff. We we like Matthew Macklin and Mark Andrews and those boys are, are great when it comes to it. And we take a lot of pride in the the promo side of things. We still do. Um, take a lot of pride in the promo side of things. Um, there, every promotion that we work for, there is a promo video set. It's not always used. It's not always needed. Um, but we always make sure that it's like it's professionally shot, it's professionally edited, and it's sent off because, you know, Ireland know who we are. A lot of people over here know who we are, but there's some people who don't. Yeah, of course. So you know, it sets up that straight away. Oh yeah, there's those dickheads from Belfast. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's always got that, you know, that horrible grittiness with the voice and stuff that means I have to drink a shitload of mint tea. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, but yeah, like the the video side of things was was one of the things that really set OTT apart. Like the the sound fellas skit still is the probably the best yeah, one to this day. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, get on YouTube. Yeah, um, if it's on YouTube, if you just search for over the top wrestling sound fellas, it comes up. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a piss take of good fellas, but it's it's all the Dublin art and they're in the pub and stuff, and it's just really it's fantastically done. And it's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. So when was the when? So you guys were. I remember you guys being like you were the big big heels. When was the switch then? For you guys becoming because you, your baby face is now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we really only sort of turned baby. Uh, what would that have been? The start of this year. It was October. Was, was it, it October? October? Timeline wise, I can't even really think back. It wasn't as far back as October. I don't know. We were baby in Belfast. Yeah, and we were always, healing Of course, we were. Of course, we, we were. yeah. We were full. You were, full, yeah, you were the hearts in yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we fully did not think that was going to happen. We said, like, I don't think it's going to work. No, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. That was we're going to come out. They're going to boo us because yeah. they know that we're assholes. <laughs> First Belfast show coming out. Yeah, the pink and black ear. Yeah, we wore pink and black ear. The hearts. Yeah, the hearts. Pink and black ear, and we wrestled. 
Jordan, Charlie and Paul Tracy so we had three really good heels to, to work with and it was the f- I pretty it was the first ever Corvin chant yeah ever first time in ever I, I physically always yeah. worked heels was it so Buckshot like, Lariat wasn't it like, yeah yeah I done like the Buckshot Lariat and they lost their minds you're right guys Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, the Lariat, and then um, there was a Corvin chant, and it was the weirdest, the yeah. weirdest thing. Because I have been heel like since day one. I've never done a babyface match. <laughs> right up, like, yeah. tell I done one baby. So face you bricking it? Yeah, Absolutely yeah, bricking brick it. Yeah, yeah, I had done one babyface match. I done a babyface match for um, Impact for TNA, and it was dog shit. <laughs> it, was, it was utter, utter dog shit. Um, and. So I was like, oh man, I'm not a good baby face. Like, I'm not likable. Look at me. I look like I have a face that you want to punch. I'm not a nice guy. And then, so then when they chanted, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's, we, we can do face here, but we were still, still death heels down south. Yeah. And I didn't at any point see that changing. I didn't no. think it was possible. Yeah. And then Zach showed up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the heat machine. Yeah. If you want somebody to be made into a babyface, you bring yeah. in Zach Gibson. Bring in Zach Gibson. I mean, really, that it had been sort of since the Invasion Super Show, um, which would be maybe what, War Machine two, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, we uh, we had a match against War Machine, and that was really the start of not necessarily fans getting behind us, but respecting us for actually being able to hang with at that time and still one of the best tag teams in the world, um, and. Uh, that begrudging respect then um, built up. Hey everyone, just want to take a minute from a conversation this week to talk to you about our sponsors, Pins and Knuckles Merchandise. Pins and Knuckles Merchandise was formed in 2009 and it was founded by toy musicians who'd spent many years working with companies and just not achieving the results they desired as a band. Because of this, Pins and Knuckles was created with the aim to provide high quality merchandise to bands, artists and wrestlers alike. And you know what? They nailed it. If you're looking for the best place to get t-shirts printed, stickers, flags, embroidery, DTG, sublimination printing, they do it all. Tom, Shannon, Dan and the rest of the team are doing a great job. And you know what? This is exactly where I get all my stuff from. And I think that's where you should get your stuff from too. And because of the guys over at Pins and Knuckles Merchandise, I'm able to keep this podcast absolutely free this month. So if you're looking for a best place to... Get yourself printed, maybe you're in a band, maybe you're a wrestler, or hell, maybe you're everything in between. Then head over to pinsandknucklesmerchandise.com and check them out today. Better yet, they also offer free delivery to the UK and Europe. Big thanks, Pins and Knuckles. You've tore it apart. So we got checked out the building, so now we're outside. This is the first time I've ever had to do one outside, so uh, we'll finish up. So we were saying that you have uh, you literally did the invasion angle, and yeah. you did War Machine, and everyone was like real receptive over that. Yeah, um, I mean, gradually over time, they just, the crowds just started getting, as I say, not behind us necessarily, but respecting what we were doing every time we went out there, um, the risks we were taking, and, and everything that we were doing in the ring. They were just getting behind it, and then Zach Gibson came to OTT, and he was basically... It's very similar to what we were doing as heels, but much more English. English, yeah, <laughs> English basically. And despite people from the south of Ireland hit, hitting people from the north of Ireland, <laughs> they hit English people more. 
and so when Zach started uh, getting the mic and cutting his promos the crowd really got got into hating him um, and then they started beating all the sort of like the younger Irish teams and him and Charlie and um, and really at that point we sort of had ran out of competition for our tag belts and we needed to, to, to get somebody to challenge so Zach and Charlie started to, to build their reputation as a tag team and uh, getting getting real heat <laughs> uh, and uh, eventually it led to us coming out um, yeah. on the, the stage and staring them down yeah it was during one of um, one of Zach's promos he um the skinny flippy boys and where's the real tag teams and so on and we we weren't wrestling on the show we were just there we, we were, were at every OTT show whether we are wrestling or not really and uh, we just walked to the front of the stage and just stood there and that was it and there was nothing nice else high mental yeah there they, they was just like that, that nice little rumbling the, the um, word section we were talking about earlier they actually started drumming our entrance music on the, the ring on the ring opening that was yeah, a good little buzz to that and um, the following show, then we done a six-man hardcore match, yeah, and like we Angel yeah, Cruisers and Angel Cruisers and Joy Janella, and like just done some stupid, stupid shit, <laughs> you know. And, and like the crowd just lost their minds because the match was it was it was a good match, and um, but it was hardcore match, you know. What I mean, big thumbtack bumps, yeah, and big table bumps, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we get carted off, you know. We walk out and limp out, and. Um, they were cheering a bit for us at that point, and then Zach, again with his wonderful Scouse accent and his lovely words, and all of a sudden, then that was it. The, the fans just started drumming the entrance theme and screaming for us to come out. So when our music hit, the place just lost its shit. Like they they went mental for that match, and it just they just went from there. So faces from there, really. I just love how you can like you can get to a point where you're the biggest heels in a company. But you build our respect up along the way, and then somewhere along the way, a bigger heel comes along, and they go from, they literally go to the point where they go in. We hate him so much that we hope that the big bad motherfuckers from the other from the, <laughs> come and beat the shit in because we hate him even more. Yeah, pretty much what happened. Pretty yeah. much what happened. Yeah, it was great. The, the only sort of I mean, great matches with Zach, Charlie, and Shah as well. But um, we never really got a proper feud built. Um, it was literally just a series of matches that we had, and we didn't really get. To get into the sort of real nitty gritty of it, and that's kind of a, something I would like to pick up somewhere down the line with the guys. But um, certainly, the matches we had our, our cage match with the guys, um, yeah, that was mental. Uh, Some of that stuff that, uh, that cage match, the best thing about the cage <laughs> was we got there and it wasn't set up. So, when I got to the venue, there was just pieces of the cage, and me. Billy Big Balls were like <laughs> I've heard this it's story only, <laughs> it's, only a, it's only a cage I can jump off that I can fall off that it's fine see when you put me into it hard as you can lad it's only metal metal and then we walked out from the entrance and it was built and I have never been so yeah. terrified of anything yeah, actual, you can see me walk up to the cage and go fuck because <laughs> it's so the, big the actual cage is, is 18 foot high yeah on top of the 3 foot ring oh god so 20, so yeah, 21 foot, foot from floor to the top um, so effectively <laughs> anything that came off the top of the cage was 18 foot into the ring um, uh, so it was yeah it was intimidating <laughs> being in there very claustrophobic uh, I think somebody said it's the biggest cage in yeah I think it's the biggest cage Britain's used yeah. but um, Britain and Ireland have used it was there was the the, the, the the jumping off the top if you you can watch the clip it's on YouTube you can see me jump off the top of the cage and you can audibly see me say to Duncan the totally on the floor why 
Yeah. <laughs> why? And I climb up and you know, and the guys are there and they're like, are you jumping? And I'm, 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 fucking, I'm up here, I'm jumping. And I jumped. Terrifying. Um, terrifying. So terrifying. And um, I had already arranged to later take a power bomb off the top of that cage. And I got to the top of that cage and went, am I fuck taking a power bomb <laughs> off the top of this cage? And you can see me sit in the power bomb and then I swing my legs to climb down and I did a brain buster instead, which probably isn't like any better of a bump to take. In my head, it was a good idea <laughs> at the time. And I can just remember uh, David Scott, um, Scotty Davis, one of the young guys from Ireland, um, just staring at me through the cage going say anything just just <laughs> talk to me say anything and I'm like I'm okay <laughs> I think I think I can stand up I'm okay and I had to stand up because I had to stop Charlie getting out of the cage but oh it was uh, it was fun it was an experience now, I've seen the clip it's, it was an experience I am <laughs> I'm not I, I am not saying is the is the general consensus I have been thrown off the cage jumped off the cage <laughs> Um, Pete threw me off a balcony. Um, very, very similar to the height of the O2 Academy in Sheffield. Some, some similar to that. And um, he threw me off that. And uh, yeah. to the floor, to the floor. Yeah, on the people. You know, luckily on the people. But he, yeah, I went off that. Um, stupid, stupid stuff. I, yeah. Back to the kids. It was, uh, <laughs> it was Trent Seven. Trent Seven watched the mass live, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he said that uh, he basically just jumped off a house. <laughs> I mean, you put it in the context yeah. of the height of a house, that's pretty much what happened. He got suplexed off a house. He jumped off a house. Oh, like nice, yeah. I've, I've had moments that where like, I did a big dive attack and I was like, um, oh, I can do that. And they were like, do you want to go up and have a look? And I was like, no, because <laughs> if I look, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Whereas if I say to you guys, I'm going to do it, and then I get up there, the moment the crowd start reacting, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Like, the worst thing about the cage was that we had done the cage match we'd finished the cage we got backstage and um, Duncan had had a phone call and his father-in-law was rushed to hospital and it was literally we just jumped in the car in full gear and so there wasn't even like a second to soak it in or like a minute to kind of you know family first is of course way. yeah, fam- yeah fam- we love but family first and it was, wasn't until like the next day uh, we done the rematch then the next day in Belfast <laughs> and I woke up <laughs> and I was like I can't move. <laughs> it was it was really bad. Like the next day, I felt everything. The next day, I took a power bomb, yeah. like a buckle bomb, against the cage. And as I came down, the apron caught the back of my legs, and literally from my ass cheeks to the inside of my legs was just purple. Yeah, it was horrific. And it took it took probably five minutes before the the rematch before I was able to actually go and like move and have the match. Yeah. It was like pre workout, boom. Go, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You it's fun though, but I feel as well like over the last year, especially, you've really started. It was the last year you've really started branching out. So for a while, I think I was just seeing you in uh, in Ireland, and yeah, I saw a little. Maybe you came to progress once, whatever. But now you've like said you did TNT. Like you went to North. Is that right as well? You went, no, I haven't been to North. What yet. was the other one you did? Yeah, Discovery. Up Discovery. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, and like you've kind of progress more ICW and stuff like ICW. Yeah, ICW. yeah, exactly. ICW and. So, what would you say is what's next then? What's the what's the goals for? Just really, you well, you might be able to help us with this. <laughs> <laughs> never wrestled in wheels. Oh, yeah, never wrestled yeah. in wheels. Um, so the goal is to get is the able wrestling wheels at some point. Um, Germany, 
Germany as yeah. well. Um, I've never done Germany either. No, we've done France and um, we haven't done Germany. Italy's good too, so you can get Italy. Italy. Yeah, it'd be great to go to Italy. Great to wrestle in Spain, so you because know, I lived there for ages, never never wrestled. Spain's there. good too. So Spain would be great. Um, you know, and turn a full time. I think the ultimate yeah. goal is always turn a full time. Yeah. So you know, with WWE UK, with World of Sport, with Impact now, with Ring of Honor now, there's there's so much out there. Um, and so much opportunity, and you know, you guys, you know, WWE smashed it again two years in a row, um, and then the the world of sport guys, no doubt, will smash it. Um, and you know, Ring of Honor always always do great. Um, Haskins is, you know, he's always there and he, he kills it every time. So I think just make it full time would be the would be the goal. Um, eventually, at, at the minute, keep on coming back. You know, yeah. keep coming back to progress. Hopefully. Um, TNT, TNT Discovery Discovery. every everywhere that we've been and hopefully some other people and other places will start picking us up and using us as well Um, really like I think a lot of people think because it's two flights that it's um, the expense of bringing us in but it's actually like we're talking to some promoters it's cheaper to fly us in from Belfast (laughs) than than the petrol is for some of us we went to TNT like 10 days ago and it was £35 return or something so it it can be so cheap Um, you know and it's you know it's great you know we love coming over here we love coming over here it's a different scene it's a different you know working different people um, and, and bettering yourself really is the is the end goal you know that's all you really want to do but big big or big future long term I mean ultimately we, we all get into wrestling for, for one thing it's to work for WWE yeah. ultimately that's that's why we do it well the doors are open now yeah. like, I'm, I'm somebody that I would say like five years ago six years ago it would be unknown for somebody like my size, my stature, yeah. to be working in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working in. They put me over quite well yeah, as well. So yeah, the um, I think work ethic, work ethic definitely shines through. Um, and if you have the work ethic, you'll you'll get what you want out of it. Is the it's always been the mentality that we have. You know, put the work in, and, and the results come out of the work. Um, and the other guys that have that mentality are very successful. You know, and are doing very well at the minute. Um, like yourself, like Jordan. Zach. You know, Zach, Pete. You know Ben, um, you know Tyler, all those lads that have that have been consistently working hard and consistently putting the shift in and putting themselves out there um, and doing the tours and doing the big matches and you know putting in the big performances. So if we can, you know, get ourselves to that that consistently that level, I can't see why we wouldn't be there at some point too. Uh, how I like to usually wrap these up, then, guys, is if you were to give yourself uh, any feed, any if you were to give yourself your former self any feedback or anyone coming into the business now feedback, what would it be? So let's go with you first, Bonzo. <laughs> uh, I, could, I could talk for another two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Corbin sort of nailed it with his last statements there. Hard work. You got to work hard. You got to just keep grafting at it. Um, too many people now. It's just an age thing. I, I talk about today's society, today's generation having this the age of entitlement, um, where they think everything should be handed to them. A lot of people aren't prepared to work for things, and then they get pissy about it when they don't get what they want. Um, and I've been doing this for close to eighteen years, and I'm still trying to work as hard as I always have. Um, and that's that's what you've got to do. If you want to get anywhere in this business, you have to work at it. You have to keep working at it. You're going to get knockbacks and setbacks, but you just got to work through them, and keep pushing. That, that's my, my biggest piece of advice to anybody starting in this business just work hard at everything every aspect of it promos in ring in the gym just everything that you can do to make yourself better just always keep working at it That's well, well me and Pete were talking about this the other day and we said like 
the, it's never been easier now for you to go off and make a full time living or for you to to get signed or whatever but that's we say it's, e- it's never been easier because the doors are open but then I think a lot of the younger ones coming in now look at myself they look at uh, Pete they look at Tyler and they forget that there's been 8, yeah. 10, yeah. 12 years of us working everywhere for nothing and they come along and they work for Progress for example and then they go oh we've made it now and it's like no you haven't made it you've, like, you've worked for one of the biggest companies in Britain but you need to be working everywhere learn how to work every match every style yeah. I, I do believe that you said that the sense of entitlement I think that that's unfortunately I hope that that doesn't end up being that way that the scene drops off because it's full of younger people who think they're entitled to it because the scene is as good as it is and they see other people having it I think they just need to realise that yeah just because it's easier for you to get there now doesn't mean you don't have to work just as hard to actually get there so there should be more drive for people to work harder yeah there should be because the opportunity is there that we didn't have when we started um, so anybody starting now has the, the opportunity you've got World of Sport you've got WWE UK the, the opportunities are there but you've got to work for it you've got to work for it that's, that's, yeah, that's the bottom line what about you? Um, yeah I'll echo pretty much everything um, Bonesaw says um, I think the gym is a massive one for me uh, you don't got. You don't have to be built. You know, like Brock Lesnar. You don't. You don't have to be a huge guy, but you still pick people up. So you know, get some strength. Go to the gym. Work hard. Work on your cardio. You know, work on your promo. Work on your look. And I mean, these days, I think a big thing for me, when I first started, you trained once a week for two hours, and you were lucky if you got that once a week for two hours. I mean, there's training schools now, and they're running five, six, seven days a week. If you can train every single day, train every single day. You know, um, another thing you're going to miss things. Just as a, you're, like you're going to miss a lot of stuff. It's my birthday today. Oh, happy birthday! It's, yeah, it's my birthday it's today. It's his wedding anniversary. It's his wedding anniversary today. Blimey, boys! Right. You sat on a wall in the room and doing yeah. a podcast yeah. with me. Yeah. And um, you're blessed. Yeah, we. You know, it's my birthday. Today. I, you know, I left my daughter at home today. You know, and to come because one. You know, it's progress. It's a big wrestling show, but if it wasn't progress, if it was wrestling.ie in a hotel in the middle of Ireland somewhere, I would still be there because that is where you're gonna. You, you got to put the work in. You've got to understand that you want to get signed by a big professional wrestling company. You're not going to be there for everything you can be there for. So I think a lot of people need to to have the mentality: it's hard work, it's sacrifice, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I'm sat here now. I think that the last 12 years have been worth it. Uh, where can they find you on the internet? Um, both on Twitter. Um, can absolutely no idea about social media or anything. <laughs> I'm so old. He's Corvin, so old. I'll tell you. <laughs> so you can get us on Twitter um, at Corvin and I and Bonesaw Al. You can get us on Instagram, um, Corvin and I again Bonesaw. and Bonesaw. I think it's Bonesaw Al K-O-T-N yeah. I think it's the, K- the Kings of the North is on that yeah. um, if you have any interest in you know what I'm eating or what body part it is you can also check out Snapchat it's Corvin and I keep it clean um, <laughs> please keep it clean please yeah I, you know, and I have a kid she picks up my phone keep it clean uh, but you know um, th- those are the pages you can get us on you know email Email, you can email yeah. if you want to book us you can email kingsofthenorth14 at gmail.com um, and get in touch with us or you can just DM us on one of the social media platforms yeah. um, and let us know and we'll come and kick someone's teeth in 
Guys, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I said we had to stop it three times because of people yeah. coming in and stuff like that, but it's been just over an hour, and yeah. uh, I'm glad that we finally got to sit down and chat, even if we uh, we had to do it outside. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, pre- I appreciate uh, you missing your birthday and you missing your anniversary to sit and chat with me. Okay, so appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thanks, bro. Thank you, guys. How good was that? So, so good. As I said, it does get a little bit noisy at the end, but I made sure that when I was directing questions to them, I made sure the microphones were as close to them as I possibly could. And uh, yeah, it does get a little bit noisy, but you can hear every single word they say, so it's absolutely brilliant. Um, as I said, battery's kind of running low, so this is probably going to be the shortest outro I've ever had. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please, please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend, do whatever you need to do on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever, wherever. You get your podcast from. Please be sure to check out our sponsors if you're in need for uh, designs, prints, anything like that. That's pinsandknucklesmerch.com. Use the promo code FLASH. Get yourself some free t-shirts. Or if you're looking for wrestling gear or if you're looking for cosplay or anything like that, head over to jjwrestlingcreations.com. And again, promo code FLASH. Free shipping. Giving back to you guys and girls the best way I can. So yeah, please check both of those out. Of course, if you uh, if you don't want to do any of that, but you have enjoyed the podcast, please give us a shout out on social media. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. If you want to book me for any upcoming seminars, gigs, events, or maybe just send me a little discreet email and tell me you're enjoying the show, then please do that at flashmorgan at live.co.uk. But yeah, big thanks to JJ Wrestling Creations, big thanks to Pids and Knuckles Merchandise, and a big thanks to the Kings of the North. And big thanks as well to the O2 Birmingham for letting us stay in the building as long as we possibly could. And uh, they gave us an extra 20, 30 minutes just so we could stay inside. But hell, we still made sure the podcast was done outside. I'll do it anyway. I'm a madman. I'm an independent wrestler. Uh, yeah, I guess this is me wrapping it up. Battery's low. Uh, let's get it done as quick as possible. Oh, this has been Flashwalker Webster. This has been Wrestling Friends. It's always a pleasure. Always a treasure. And bye. Thanks for stopping by. Have fun, people. <laughs>